Hi all, I'm outside enjoying the fantastic uh, winter sun and it seems fitting because in this episode of the podcast I'm going to go back in time and play you a programme that I made when I was working for Radio Netherlands Worldwide in 1998 and it's all about running a marathon, the Rotterdam Marathon. Okay, here it comes. Radio Netherlands, the Dutch international service, presents Marathon Story an insider's view of the pains and passions of the Rotterdam Marathon, presented by Andy Clark. I'm in the Dutch port city of Rotterdam, surrounded by 10,000 people, and we're all here for one common purpose, and that's to run the marathon. It's the Netherlands' biggest one-day sporting event. A million people are lining the 42-kilometre route that stretches before us, and this is the point of no return. It's the start line. This is the story of my marathon. It's my first, and the road that has led me and my fellow runners to be here now. is underway and I've no idea how it's going to unfold. I just hope my body will hold out. But like everyone else here, my marathon story started long before this spring day, back in the depths of winter, almost four months ago. Well, to the strain of jingle bells in the background, it's time to get off the couch and get on with the training. There's just three and a half months left to go till the marathon starts properly, so... There's no more shirking, I've got to get on with it, so let's get the shoes out of the cupboard and uh, have a look. Let's just get these on. We're uh, supposed to have been running for uh, about a few months already and then enter into a final four-month training phase uh, and then you get to do your marathon proper. I've got three and a half months with, uh, well, what at best can be described as a fairly piecemeal running before that. So anyway, let's... uh, Get on with it. The only thing to do is is to get into the night air for the first time, the dark December nights, and really start training. Three and a half months ahead of me. Oh well, here we go. Well, I've just come back from my first five-kilometer run, uh, and I made it all the way around. But I'm completely exhausted, and I've got another four months of this to go. So it's going to be hard work. I'm out of breath. I feel quite sort of good about the whole thing, but. Five kilometres, that's an eighth of the way. Uh, and I've got about four months to go. Bethany's at the door. My 19-month-old daughter. Bethany, what does Daddy look like? Oh, dear. Well, that frank appraisal of my abilities had me wondering why on earth I was even contemplating the idea of a marathon. I'm a 31-year-old man, married, and I consider myself to be vaguely sane. So why this urge to put myself through so much agony? It was a question I'd been asked repeatedly, and the answer seemed to lie somewhere deep in my psyche. I'd always run for fun, reaching various degrees of fitness at different stages of my life, but that just wasn't enough. The idea of the marathon was lodged in the back of my brain, a brooding presence that wouldn't go away. The very word marathon conjured up images of the ultimate challenge, of endurance, of a test of mind and body, a mini Everest that had to be conquered. The fact that so many people dismissed it as madness just served to spur me on further. 
The call of the marathon had been growing inside me, and it now had to be answered. But I knew I would need help. A schedule had to be drawn up, and battle plans laid to take on the challenge. I turned to an expert fitness trainer, Case de Vrij, from the Free University in Amsterdam, a man who had run five marathons himself, and who now trains speed ice skaters. I joined him at the Yarp Aden ice rink, and asked him how I should draw up my plan of attack. Well, very slowly, gradually, uh, go for longer runs. At the, at the beginning, at very slow pace. Towards the marathon, we will do some, some of you will do some long distances, very long distances, about as much as the the marathon itself. And you will do some training to 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 speed up, to make yourself a little bit faster. And the combination of long slow training and some speed training will do the trick i guess how many kilometers a week should i be looking to do at this stage well in the beginning we're gradually building up but there will be some weeks that you will have to do about 80 90 kilometers just two weeks don't be don't be afraid we start with uh, 40 50 60 kilometers so it's 40 50 60 kilometers a week yes next week 40 kilometers the week after that 50, the week after that 60. And then some rest, then some rest, and then we build further up. So how was this theory working in practice? Back to the race. Well, just about 11 kilometres gone and things are going pretty well so far. I've just been taking it nice and easy, nice and slow. It's a really slow 10 kilometre pace of about 50 minutes, which is really easy. I was sweating a lot at the beginning, which was a bit worrying, but I managed to get a couple of good drink stops in and uh, got quite a lot of fluid in and I feel good now. So it's uh, only a quarter of the way gone, so I know it's there's still a long way to go, but it started well and I'm feeling pretty good, no aches and pains. So it's just a question of keeping uh, keeping the mind free and thinking about the legs and, and running and keeping going forward and just keep it going. If you ask most people who run, what the most difficult thing is, if they're taking it even semi-seriously, it's having the commitment to keep going training. That's what they say. And that is, I think, is the hardest thing, definitely, when you not motivated and you come in from work you're tired you just want to relax and sit down getting your running shoes on and going out into the cold and dark I mean they're one of the hardest things and the first few minutes are usually really hard trying to get your mind sorted out that you want to run make yourself do it and your body's aching and creaking from your running before and it takes a few minutes 10-15 minutes 20 minutes maybe even sometimes before you start to feel comfortable and that can be hard that can be a real barrier but then once you're through that usually you start to feel really good you start to flow and it's a natural feeling people talk about a natural high when they're running and that certainly is true it can make you feel really euphoric the marathon's the pinnacle I, I would say it's the purest endurance test it have a fascination because you are training uh, a lot of weeks before one event, so it's you take a lot of risks. You always uh, running now. Uh, uh, January I start training for uh, doing a marathon in April, so it's uh, very exciting. Is everything going well with your body and your mind and everything? So um, it's it's a very it is a distance that can so much happen in the race. 
elite American marathon runner Phil Wharton and Dutch world duathlon champion and marathon runner Ian Mahira. The marathon is, of course, a psychological as well as a physical battle. Helmer Kate helped some of the Netherlands' best athletes with their mental preparation. So I, too, turned to her for some help. Where do you find your trance? Where can you go in a trance? Uh, when you're watching TV, when you're making love, when you're just anything. And together we'll find your best trance. And you walk in a trance. And you can go faster and faster without getting uh, tired. And how how would you induce that trance? How would you make that happen? Just by relaxation and talking to you. I will ask you to close your eyes and listen to my voice and the things I have to tell you. And um, I will ask her unconscious to help you to run. And tell you just in time when stop must be stop because of your muscles and anything. Uh, and what sort of uh, things would you tell me to think about then during the race when it was coming to these difficult times? What's your passion? To find something that people really is their passion to take. Is this to focus the mind away from yes. the, the pain and to? Yes. And how does that does that really work? Uh, with everybody. Mm-hmm. As long as I know what's your passion, and then I can I can make my therapy because it's a therapy. Mm-hmm. It's not not just training; it's a therapy. And then, what does that involve? That involves concentrating on your passion, thinking positively. Yes, yes, thinking positively. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing you can do. get going once you get really flowing your arms are moving your legs together you can start to push push yourself a little bit further a little bit faster onto your own personal best you're not going to break any records you know in relation to anything else but to yourself you are and you keep going and you get a little bit better and you feel a bit stronger and that's what it's about it's just about keep doing it some a little small achievement And it can be really good fun. It's hard work. Having the commitment to keep doing it is the hardest. But once you're out there, you give it a go and just keep trying. Five years old. Uh, his passion was his only passion was uh, running, 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 and his big fear was dogs. And once I asked him uh, in trance, "What will happen if during the marathon there would be a pit bull terrier behind you?" I would run like death. I don't know what that is, but he would run like death. And since then, he runs with a pit bull terrier. Nobody knows what <laughs> he runs with a pit bull terrier. <laughs> <laughs> this it seems a bit extreme, but yeah, he makes it's it improves. Extreme. Yes, but the people are extreme. 
and especially sportsmen are extreme. They have to be extreme. Don't stop me, don't stop me, don't stop me. Hey, hey, hey! Don't stop me, don't stop me. Ooh, ooh. I like running. It, it's, it works a little bit like a drug. I mean, uh, the more you run, the more you want. And uh, I can't live, live without running, I think, at, at the moment. It's, it's uh, a way of living you have. Uh, you feel very pleased with it. And uh, sometimes you get nervous just before a marathon. But if you are, uh, the, 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 start, uh, the start is there. Uh, then the nerves are gone and you can do what you want to, to do and run very good. Greg van Heest and Gerard Nijboer. Greg van Heest is one of the best of a new crop of Dutch marathon runners. He was the first Dutch man across the line of Rotterdam in an Olympic qualifying time of 2 hours, 10 minutes and 5 seconds. Gerard Nijboer still holds the Dutch record for the marathon, set in 1980 at 2 hours, 9 minutes and 1 second. He's also a silver medal winner at the Moscow Olympics and a former European champion. Two men who know all about the pain and the passion of the marathon. So how was I coping at the halfway stage of the race? Okay, so just over halfway, 22 kilometers just about. In many ways, this is where the race is going to start, really. I'm doing okay so far. I feel, uh, feel pretty good, trying to stay positive in my mind. I feel a little bit tired, but there's a long way to go. I'm going to try and break it up into chunks in my mind, really, for four blocks of five kilometers. I think that's the way to do it. There are drink stations every 5K. So if I can get from each one to each one and then just think, okay, four chunks, three chunks, two, one, and then uh, get to the end and hopefully still be in one piece. But the crowds are fantastic. The people lining the streets are just dragging us through it as well. Bands, people singing and dancing, handing out drinks to the friends, bananas. It's a superb atmosphere, so despite being tired, I'm being dragged along as well. So it's going well. Your uh, perfect run. I asked several sportsmen to describe what uh, the, the perfect feeling was. Um, they didn't remember much. Uh, they didn't know what they felt exact at that moment. Uh, they had the feeling that everything was on the level of unconsciousness. Uh, they didn't know there were people around them. They didn't know uh, the road they were walking on. They didn't know what kind of weather it was. They were just with their se themselves. They were just running. Helma Kate. Case Kuhlman is the editor of Runner's World, a magazine dedicated to the sport of running. If you are starting to run, in the beginning you think, well, why, why I'm doing this? This is crazy. What's the goal? What's the sense? Okay, and then you do it the next time, you do it again, and then you think, actually, you think the same. And especially if the weather is bad, you think, well, you, you, what's, what's the matter with you? You, you? you should go to a doctor or something because this is crazy. And then suddenly you are on a point that you think you should be crazy if you are not going to run. 
it's really you're going to enjoy it and I, I i'm quite sure it's for everybody for well almost everybody the same then you, suddenly there is a point that you that you start to enjoy it i mean really enjoy it for the top runners the sport is more than just a lifestyle choice it's their profession greg van haste i started when i was 18 with like for, for just for fun i was junior then and then i uh discovered that i was had pretty good talent and on the age of 21 22 i decided to be a professional runner and since then i'm only training i train two times a day and uh, so in 94 i started to be professional and what does it mean being a professional runner what's the difference between running for fun and running professionally well the whole lifestyle i think i mean if you run for fun uh, it doesn't matter if you skip a training or um, or whatever you work besides running you work and for me the you you get up and life is running you you train two or three times two times a day sometimes one time a day um you look uh, after you you have a special diet um everything is for running just living for running that's it Jafet Kozgai went on to win the Rotterdam Marathon in 2 hours, 7 minutes and 9 seconds. It was only his third marathon. He only started running because he was cash-strapped and was due to be married back in his home country of Kenya. In real sense, I did not want to run at first. But uh, because I saw that my years are gone, I'm not married. What can I do? And uh, I'm just about to marry. I don't have enough money, financial problems are here. And our family are not so well off, so I switched to, to running. Jos Hermans manages some of the best athletes in the world through his company Global Sports Communications. He outlines the sorts of money available to the elite runners. Well, the world record is $250,000. Uh, then we have bonuses for times, which means that, you know, it, it comes from, like, $20,000 if you run a 210 time till $60,000 for two or seven times. So it's a whole scala of, uh, of, of, of amounts and bonuses and with, with, the, ad, with the athletes. Every athlete has maybe, uh, maybe only two, 10 good marathons in his or her body. So, you know, then sometimes you will hit maybe bad weather or so. So uh, they have to do it in the short term. And it's not like if I run this marathon, I can come back in, in a few weeks again. It's, uh, that means you have to wait another half year. So I think, and if you see the work that you have to do for marathon running, it's very tough. And if you can then compare it with other sports, I think it's fair that there's these, these prices. You're listening to my marathon story recorded back in 1998 for Radio Netherlands and uh, I'm replaying this one because I'm also in training for a half marathon at the moment and I wanted to share this story with you. Maybe it will inspire you to get out and about or maybe not. Maybe you'll just get too tired listening to it. But I thought I would share it anyway. It was a nice little gem I found when I was going through some of my records. If you're enjoying here in Holland the podcast, you can become a sponsor and that will help me enormously to be able to make lots of new shows for you. You can do it for just the price of a cup of coffee each month. You can check it all out at the website hereinholland.com and you will find links in the show notes as well so you can go directly there and become a sponsor. If you haven't got enough cash to do that, then don't worry. You can just tell your family and friends about the podcast or maybe leave a rating and a review in iTunes and that will help enormously too. Okay, I'm going to continue my little walk here next to the lake and I'm going to send you back by the magic of podcast to the rest of the marathon. Here you go. 
my race continued, and for me, things were starting to get harder. <laughs> 28 kilometers, and it's getting pretty hard now. It's more mind over matter than anything else. The legs are getting very tired. My stomach's been a bit funny, a bit crampy. I think too much of the sports drinks, which wasn't a good idea. But I've had some water, and it's calmed down a bit. My legs are just getting very heavy, though. But the people by the side of the road are fantastic. And they're dragging us along, keeping us going. A few more people are starting to walk now, but there's a question of just keeping going, I think. For as long as possible, just keep going, keep going, keep positive. Keep the positive frame of mind. I just think that it's nearly over. We saw the elite athletes running back on the other side, and that was fantastic. The winners came zooming past, putting us to shame, but it gives it a bit of a lift as well. And uh, keeps us going. And we'll just keep on plugging away and try and get to the end. Just look at that finish and feel and see and make those pictures for yourself. And you can, and then you can, can, uh, feel that the time will be shorter. Because you don't run, you just dream. And when you dream running, you run fast and easy. We all strive to be a hero just one day. That's, that's enough. And, And you are you are a kind of a hero if you if you can manage because it is it is you have to suffer and you have to especially you have to suffer a lot in the preparation. It's 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 something that if you are 80 or 75 or you you know that you uh, don't have to live so long anymore and then if you have to think uh, back on what you did, then I think. A marathon and on every level I mean if you run it in three hours or four hours or five hours I think it will be one of those big experiences in your in your life Well, this is the end of my hardest week of training so far, the end of a 90 kilometer week. And I'm feeling absolutely exhausted. My legs are like two piles of bricks. Just so heavy and so stiff. And it's really hard work. I'm just keeping going. I'm just trying to keep going. I lost a couple of kilometers of this 90 kilometer week. Ten more minutes to go. Just keep it going. And then uh, I'll have completed it. But my legs are really stiff now. My heart is pumping away. And I'm sweating quite a lot as I try to try to finish this week off. But it's really hard. Just have to keep going. Try and think another 10 minutes, another 10 minutes. Just push yourself forward. Try and get to the next corner. And then think about the next corner after that. Push yourself another five minutes. Try and not think about it. Try and think about something else. Take away the, the painfulness. If you don't prepare well, it's pain. You find it hard to, to, to run marathon, especially after the last case, like from 35 to, to 40. I think the, the toughest part is the last 12 kilometers because you never, till, till 30, 30 kilometers, 
it, it's easy for everybody, I think, but you never know what happened afterwards. Simon Lopouguet, a sub two hours, 12 Kenyan marathon runner, and Greg Van Haste on the pain towards the end of the marathon. The race is so bad at this stage because you reach that famous point of agony in the marathon, the wall. Your body has burnt its natural energy stores you've taken in from the carbohydrates, the famous pasta munching before the race, and it has to find an alternate energy source. Tini Hiritz is a dietitian. She explains what happens when runners hit the wall. In Holland, we call it the man with the hammer. And um, what happens is that your, your body switches to uh, fat energy, and that takes a lot more of oxygen. And, well, you don't have the amount of oxygen you need then. So, well, the energy level goes down, and it's about 50% down. It's quite a lot. And what, does, what effect does that have on your running? Uh, well, you run about 50% as hard. <laughs> well, the effect on your running is that, that you really get lots of trouble keeping up the, sp the speed. And usually it, it goes down the speed, maybe even back down to walking. And is there a, a given point when you're likely to exhaust your carbohydrate stores and hit this, hit the wall, or meet the man with the hammer? Yeah, well, that, that it's it's well, it's a lot of variation in, in people. Uh, Well-trained athletes, uh, of course, get hit a point later than not trained athletes. But usually, the amount of uh, carbohydrate deposit you have in your body is, is enough for one and a half to two hours of running. And this was no longer theory for me. It was now being played out in my body. Oh, God, just about 35 kilometres and I've certainly hit the wall. I met the man with the hammer, as they say, here in Holland. I ran past the guy dangling an inflatable hammer over the road and that was just about the exact time when my body just about gave out on me completely. Slowed me right down to half of my pace. My stomach is cramping, my legs are very heavy and very... Very hard. I've had to stop a couple of times. Stop starting and just try and uh, keep yourself going. It's difficult to keep a positive frame of mind now, but there's only eight kilometres, less than eight kilometres to go, so I've just got to keep pushing it on and try, try to keep going and try to get to the end. But it's hard, hard work now. It really is. So I'll just keep going, but the crowds are fantastic still. You can hear them in the background, people with their inflatable hammers, which doesn't really inspire me to confidence, but people are helping all along the way. And it's, uh, oh, we're nearly there now, 40 minutes and that should be it. When you're not 100%, you know, if you have a small thing in a marathon, everything comes out. If you have a small problem, it will be a big problem in a marathon. So the marathon is, is, is the toughest, what you can do, and, and very difficult to predict. Plus then, obviously, you have to do with the weather conditions and, and everything. Uh, so it's, it's an incredible challenge for every athlete to, to run a marathon. And even if everything goes well in the preparation, there's so small things that can go wrong in a marathon. The words of Jos Hermans, which were beginning to play on my mind towards the end of the race, as I'd had problems in the final few weeks of training. Well, there's a week to go to the marathon and I'm just back from a terrible run, really. Half an hour and I was completely sweating and exhausted. I've had a cold, a virus, which is uh, 
has uh, laid me low for a bit really, a couple of days off work and I missed four or five days training which wasn't ideal. I ran for two and a half hours the other day and thought I'd shaken it off but uh, I don't know, I just feel awful again today so hopefully it's a one-off and uh, I'll be able to get back with it. Oh, dear. Just over a week to go so hopefully things will improve again. Well, I can't let it affect the confidence too much, just put it down to bad experience and uh, keep on slogging away. Just a bad run, just one bad run, that's all. Positive thinking, think of the ideal. Think of your passion, be positive, that's it. Think about getting through it and don't let it set you back. Yep. The last few kilometres were hell, but I could feel my mood lifting the closer I came to the finish. The crowds were spurring me on, and even though the kilometres were agonisingly slow, now I knew I would succeed. And eventually succeed I did. And even though I crossed the finishing line in 5,542nd place out of 10,000 runners, I felt like a winner. From 30 kilometres, I just wanted the line to come. It was just horrible, hard, stop, start. I could run for a few minutes and then I just had to start walking for a while. I could run in sort of 20 minutes, that was the best sort of stint. And then I just had to rest and uh, try and keep going really. So from 30 kilometres, when I hit the wall or the man with the hammer, it's just been absolute sheer hell. It's The legs are heavy, the stomach was cramping, my head was going. You just want to stop, you know, you just think, oh, psychologically you go and you get very negative and you see people around you stopping as well and you think, why am I doing this? What's it all about? It's crazy. And then <laughs> it comes down to four or five kilometres left and you think, OK, I can make it, I can do it, you know, I can get there and get to the end. So I just kept on pushing myself and walked around and walked around and then eventually coming around the last bend is just really emotional. The crowds are all there and everybody's there cheering. And it's just fantastic. You feel like crying when you cross the line. It's an amazing response. It's fantastic. The number of people, thousands and thousands of people just lining the finish there, all cheering. If you stop, they're all banging on the hoarding, saying, run again, run again, you can make it, you can make it. So they don't let you stop in the last kilometre anyway. And you just have to keep going. And when that line comes, you see the clock across the line. Four hours, seven minutes and 43 seconds of sheer hell. I badly underestimated it. I thought I could do it in between three and a half hours and four hours, nearer the three and a half hours quite easily, but it just didn't turn out that way in the end. But I got to the finish line and that's the main thing and uh, I still feel vaguely alive if wrapped in a plastic bag. So uh, for, <laughs> would I do it again? Uh, no, not none at the moment anyway, not for a long time, but it was an experience. Marathon's story was presented and produced by Andy Clark. This has been a Radio Netherlands presentation. So, you were listening to my marathon story from 1998. I hope you enjoyed that. It was certainly a few years ago, and my legs are a little less sturdy now, even than they were then when I'm off out and about jogging and training for my new running adventures. 
I hope you enjoyed the podcast and remember you can become a patron of the podcast so I can make lots and lots more shows. Check out the link in the show notes. And if you can't do that, just spread the word. That helps enormously too. Even maybe leave a rating and a review and the algorithms will get to their work and everyone will get to know about the Here in Holland podcast. I will continue wandering further wherever you're wandering in your lives. Then I hope you are having a fantastic time. And until the next Here in Holland podcast, I'll catch you later.